Here's something interesting. Generics have been promoted as the best way to control the cost of prescription medication, but at what price? Award-winning journalist Catherine Eban's new book includes shocking new allegations that they are anything but the same, only cheaper. Hi there, I'm Chris Oaks. Welcome to the very first episode of the Here's Something Interesting podcast, where we talk to interesting people with interesting things to say about interesting subjects. So before we begin and talk to today's guest, let me introduce myself. As I said, my name is Chris, and I have been a radio broadcaster for on the traditional ter- terrestrial airwaves. For about 35 years, since the uh, mid-80s, and for the past 17 years or so, I've been the host of a morning news magazine program in Findlay, Ohio, which is just south of Toledo, which in turn is just south of Detroit. And over the years, I have had the opportunity and the good fortune on the show to speak to a number of interesting people about all sorts of things, from politics and current affairs in the news to history, to religion, to pop culture, just about any topic that you can imagine. And while I really enjoy my job, there are a couple of things that have struck me. Uh, First of all, there are a fair number of people these days who don't listen to traditional radio like they used to. Uh, You may very well fall into that category, and I get it. Why should you arrange your schedule around a radio show when the technology exists that allows you to listen to what you want, when you want, on your terms. Uh, Podcasts like these allow you to do that, and that's really cool. And secondly, I think there is potentially a much wider audience beyond the reach of our broadcast signal who might also find some of these conversations that we have interesting as well. Now, uh, on the show, uh, the day-to-day show, We do talk to a lot of local and regional guests, and no one in Wyoming or California or whatever is going to much care about what our local elected officials have to say about the crime rate in our city. I understand that. So this is not going to be a rehash of my radio show, but some of those guests are prominent national figures talking about things that do affect everyone and or have a broad interest, and this is a way to bring those conversations to a much wider audience, such is the case with our very first guest that we are featuring today on this first episode. And one more thing before we get to our guest, this is not going to be the kind of podcast where you have to carve out an hour or more of your time to listen. My goal here is to keep things relatively short and to the point, but long enough to be a meaningful conversation. Uh, short enough that you can listen during your commute or whenever you have about 15 minutes of free time and want something to get your brain cells active, but uh, short, uh, but, but long enough, uh, again, to be meaningful, if you uh, understand what I'm saying. Oh, and we do have a Facebook page. We've set up a Facebook page where we can discuss the topics on each episode if you want, and I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But let's get to today's guest. We have all heard the advice that one of the best ways to control the cost of prescription medication is to ask for a generic equivalent whenever possible. And insurance companies encourage this. Quite often anymore, they will provide a lower percentage or no coverage at all 
for a brand name drug when a generic alternative is available. But award-winning Fortune magazine contributor Catherine Eban challenges the notion that generics are the same only cheaper in her new book, Bottle of Lies, the inside story of the generic drug boom. Catherine, you make the point right in the preface of the book, even before you get to page one, that 80% of the active ingredients in all medications, generic and otherwise, are manufactured overseas. So is that in and of itself a problem? It's a problem in that it is very difficult for the FDA to properly regulate these manufacturing plants. Uh, and we have seen that time and again. The FDA in the U.S. shows up unannounced at manufacturing plants and stays as long as they need mm -hmm. to make sure those plants comply with regulations. But overseas, they actually announce their inspections in advance. Right. Uh, and that gives the manufacturing plants an opportunity to clean up and fabricate documents and do all kinds of things. And as we mentioned, 80% of the active ingredients in all meds, this is the case for both generics and uh, brand name medications, are made in these overseas plants. So why is it the, the problem so acute in the generic uh, drug industry? Um. Well, what we've seen is certain profit incentives for generic drug makers to be first to get into our market. The first manufacturers to file their applications with the FDA get six months of exclusivity on our market hmm. uh, at about 80% of the brand name price. And so um, those companies are in their rush to get their applications into the FDA have actually falsified quality data in many of their applications, uh, which is one of the things that my book exposes. Is it primarily a concern of safety or efficacy of these medications or, or both? Really, it's both. So, you know, it, with generic drug, with any kind of man, drug manufacturing, you can't test a million pills at the end to make sure that the drug is safe. Mm -hmm. What you can do, though, is you're supposed to record data at each step along the manufacturing process. And that serves as a sort of minute-to-minute -minute, uh, review of the quality of the drug. And so uh, what some of these companies are doing is making alterations to that data to make the drugs appear to be passing when they are not and submitting those to the FDA. Uh, the end result is that American consumers have gotten drugs that are proved to not be bioequivalent. In other words, they don't work similarly in the body. Mm -hmm. They may have impurity spikes in them, which is the case with uh, these sweeping recalls we've seen of uh, generic blood pressure medications. Uh, they may have uh, part glass fragments in them. Uh, so there's really been a lot of issues both about safety and efficacy. It, it really is uh, frightening the way you lay it out and in the book uh, in great detail. But and, and you call this a public health crisis, which mm -hmm. is a term that seems to be overused these days. So let me 
kind of play skeptic here. If this okay. were if this were truly the crisis you claim in the book, it seems like people would be dying in such numbers that it would create the biggest headlines we've ever seen. But that's not happening. So some might look at this book and say, "Well, she's kind of crying wolf here." Well, in fact, they they are dying. Now, it's hard to say exactly why, but for example, um I f- I follow in the book several cardiologists from the Cleveland Clinic mm-hmm. who discovered that it was uh, hard for them to stabilize some of their patients after they were switched to certain generic drugs. Yeah. Um, and in, one, in, in the instance of one uh, particular generic drug manufactured in India, uh, an immunosuppressant given to heart transplant patients. Um, they found that their patients were actually suffering organ rejection after being switched to a particular Indian mm-hmm. generic. Yeah. You also, uh, in the, I thought it was really interesting, some of the stories, uh, again, from the uh, doctors at the Cleveland Clinic of, uh, again, we talk about the efficacy where people were on medications that just weren't doing what they were supposed to, and as soon as they right. were switched, uh, then, you know, things. And, and those stories kind of got me to thinking, and I'm curious, this may be a bit of a sidebar, uh, are, are these Bad medications, one of the reasons that there has been such a pushback on the pharmaceutical industry of late. I mean, we hear stories of people turning to homeopathic, organic, natural treatments because they're convinced that the traditional medications don't work. Could this be why? You know, I don't know about that. I mean, I think consumers are, you know, consumers are facing the problem that we all understand, which is a pricing crisis, mm-hmm. right? None right. of us can afford brand-name drug prices, Mm -hmm. there's no meaningful price regulation around the corner. Uh, And so we've all been pushed into the arms of these low-cost manufacturers overseas. But, you know, there is a quality crisis that has, I think, until recently been largely invisible to American consumers. I mean, we understand this. Well, we understand that there are individual recalls of medicine, like suddenly millions of Americans have been alerted that there are carcinogens in their blood pressure medication. Mm. You know, but why is that? So what my yeah. book does is really goes behind the scenes and pulls back the curtain on these distant manufacturing plants where the majority of our generics are being manufactured. One of the big takeaways for me uh, is the understanding, we were kind of touching on this earlier, the the understanding that while we often think of Big Pharma as the companies that we all know and the brand names that we all know, and many Americans are somewhat distrustful or at least skeptical of what their motivation is, the fact is that the generic industry is just as big and just as motivated by profits, and we Uh should be just as skeptical of these. Honestly, I think that's fair. Um, You know, that I am, in the book, I am tracing the profit motives of these generic companies that are driving them to falsify critical quality data, and that is directly impacting the quality of the drugs we are all taking. Yeah. Obviously, what you hope to accomplish by exposing all of this and and bringing all this to light in the book is to affect change, but change, even if it comes, is not going to happen overnight. So what do you say to someone who reads your book and is now more confused than ever, if not outright frightened about the medications that they've been prescribed? 
So uh, I understand that reaction, and I have been inundated with uh, <laughs> queries can, from concerned patients. I can imagine patients. so. Yeah, I can imagine uh, so. I get that. So on my website, which is katherineeban.com, I do have information for consumers, including a guide to investigating your own drugs, how to figure out what is the manufacturer you're taking, is my drug working, do I need to switch to a different manufacturer, what are my options? Uh, so those are questions that I address on my website. It is eye-opening, to say the least. Bottle of Lies, the inside story of the generic drug boom. Uh, Catherine Eban is the author. And uh, mention again the website where folks can learn more about the book. Yeah, KatherineEban.com, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-E-B-A-N.com. It is a must-read. Catherine, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Catherine Eban's book, Bottle of Lies, the inside story of the generic drug boom, is a bestseller. It's available now at bookstores everywhere and online. And as I mentioned earlier, if you found this topic interesting, we can discuss it on the Here's Something Interesting Facebook page, at Here's Something Interesting. Hope to meet up with you there. I'm Chris Oaks, and if you enjoy the Here's Something Interesting podcast, be sure to subscribe, like our Facebook page, and tell your friends because we are just getting started and a little free word of mouth publicity, little advertising never hurt. <laughs> so I'm Chris Oaks. Thanks for listening.